Farmer Jones was getting tired of farming. Within his heart he had an urge to roam. He sold his farm one day so he could go out. I'm off for California for there's gold in them our hills. Welcome to the There's Gold in the Hills LTSSMB podcast. Here is your co-host and handy-dandy enablement partner, Chris Hanlon. Welcome back. Albert Einstein is quoted as saying, out of clutter, find simplicity. From discord, find harmony. In the middle of difficulty lies opportunity. During today's episode, we have Lucy Nee and Mackenzie Coughlin discussing why prospecting matters to them and the organization strategies that you, if you are not already, can apply in your process. We had a lot of juice. And so in order to squeeze and ensure that each of you gets a glass, we're breaking this into a two-parter. Uh, next episode will be about uh, the substance and the messaging that each of them utilize in their prospecting process. Hope you enjoy. Don't forget, we're looking for feedback. Take the survey. Good luck out there. Lucy, you gave me the thumbs up. You will be the first to uh, be broken via ice. Fantastic. Uh, growing up, what was your favorite room in either your house or your apartment? Growing up? Um, that's hard. <laughs> We Don't worry, I can edit all this out. Don't worry, I can edit all of this out and we'll get right to your answer. Our house wasn't very big. Probably the kitchen. Kitchen, why? Yeah, I like to cook. I've always liked to cook. I like to bake, so the kitchen. Mackenzie, growing up, favorite room and why? Family room. It's where everyone hangs out, entertains, brings some food from the kitchen. Definitely family room. All right, Mackenzie, we'll stay with you. And this is a two-parter. Do you have a favorite fruit? Oof, I love strawberries. How about a favorite vegetable? Carrots. I love carrots. Lucy, favorite fruit. Do you have a favorite fruit? And what is it? Yeah, my favorite fruit is the mangosteen, which is hard to find in the U.S. It's a tropical fruit. You can find it in like Southeast Asia a lot. But yeah, it's very expensive here. Uh, noted. How about vegetable? Um, leafy greens. Okay. Big leafy greens, girl. Lucy, I'm going to give you a series of decades to choose from. Which one is the decade that you would most want to live in if you had it, if you didn't have a choice? 60s, 70s, 80s, or 90s? I mean, I was alive during the 90s. So I think it's a pretty good time to be alive. So I'm going I'm to stick with the 90s. Okay, Mackenzie, would you also stick with the 90s or are you going to a different decade? I'd stick with the 90s. Okay, Mackenzie. You, sorry, what was that, Lucy? I said good stuff. Okay. Good, good decade. We're staying, we're staying modern. We're staying with internet. I like it. All right. Uh, Mackenzie, you're faced with a zombie apocalypse. You get to bring three people with you. Who are those three people? My mom, my sister, and my best friend from home. Okay. Lucy, same, same deal. Who are the three people you're, you're bringing with you? 
feel like my family would, wouldn't be very helpful in a zombie apocalypse. <laughs> I would probably choose my fiance. I feel he'd be helpful. He's skilled, athletic, you know? Um, I would bring my best friend because she's a doctor. Yeah, I'm just keep it tight like that. Okay. I feel, I feel like there's a very like emotional answer to that question and a very pragmatic question. Yeah. And I'm excited like that we have bringing both parents, they, they would parents would hold you back in terms of speed and movement in a zombie apocalypse. You would probably want to stash them somewhere. Maybe competency, depending on what degree of, of effectiveness your 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 family or siblings or parents display. So, I, but I, I think it's I think there's there's two ways. So I'm excited because now it sounds like we might have two different styles uh, for this discussion. We're here to talk about not things on your LinkedIn profile, but what you do to be excellent prospectors. Uh, we've identified across TAE who are best self-sourced generators of pipeline and dollars. Uh, and Lucy and Mackenzie, you are two of those folks. So we're super excited to have you here because we want to learn more about what you're doing. Now, I already forgot how I'm transitioning over, but Heather, my co-host, we heard from you as why, why prospecting. I want to know, what do you love about prospecting? The reality of it is, is that um, when you're an account director, your book is closed. You might have 38 accounts, and if one of them turns, you have no control. But with new business, you can control your own destiny. You can also pivot, right? Um, you'll often hear me talk about, like, you know, maybe right now the delivery services of the world as COVID, you know, increased. They're going to need things or all of a sudden, um, you know, uh, generators became super important. There were things that changed about, you know, heaters or things that maybe influxed. And when you're a new business and you're prospecting, you can change the pockets of the business that you double down on and where the opportunity is. And that's rare in a sales role. A lot of times, a lot of salespeople, they have a closed book of business. And with LinkedIn, you have you know, 500 to 2000 accounts worth of opportunity. And you've got three different business lines to talk to them about. And if you're prospecting, it's likely one of those business lines could resonate with that account if the timing is right, if the opportunity is there. And so I think what I like most of or what I love about prospecting is it gives you control when things go, maybe not going the way you want them to. Um, and it's something that you can control and uh, you can always seek new opportunity. I also love talking to somebody new about somebody I can help, something they didn't even know they could be doing better. And prospecting lets you find the accounts that maybe don't know what they don't know. Mackenzie and Lucy, I'm gonna start with Lucy. What do you love or what do you like about prospecting? Why is it important to you? It's important because you can't rely on inbounds. Like inbounds, you have to treat them as like a nice to have, like a cherry on top, you know, just try to get to your number with the with your book of business. Because um, yeah, you're gonna have quarters where you feel like the world is against you and you get only not great inbounds, but like, you know, you still have however many accounts that were named to you. Um, I like prospecting because it allows me to basically figure out who would care, who would care to have this conversation with me, who would care if there was like a business need 
Um, and yeah, it just gives you more control over who, who you're talking to. Okay. Mackenzie, what about you? Why was it important to you when you think about prospecting? Why is it important? Prospecting is core to building a foundation, not only for your pipeline, but ultimately to even have somewhat of a sales cycle too. So I think I look up, you know, pipeline generation is critical to have discos and demos and more at-bats to close deals. We're in sales to, to make money and helping our customers, but ultimately none of that can happen if we're not prospecting. So I just continuously have to be prospecting to build that foundation for, for success. It's clear you got to have passion for prospecting and being a great sales professional. We're seeing that as a common pattern with all of our top self-source generators. Another pattern that we've seen, especially through Mackenzie and Lucy, is the attention to detail and organizational skills to execute on uh, the their prospecting process. So... We found five tips and we want to walk through those and hear a little bit about these tips and how you're using them from an organizational standpoint. So Mackenzie, how are you using my book to support your prospecting process? Yeah, I only leverage my book is my source of truth for where I'm at, no matter where in the deal cycle. So whether that just be from the outreach standpoint, I'm very cognizant and diligent to keeping up of any outreach that goes out. So I date stamp whether that be you know, 10, 20 SB that indicates that on October 20th, I sent to Sunbloom or October 20th, I sent a one-off message. I then will go ahead and edit that once a disco or a demo, or if it's turned to a pilot or new business, um, we'll update the notes. So keeping track of everything in the notes section within my book, and then also making sure that um, I can color code and pull different page views on where to capitalize on accounts more, more than others. We'll talk more about colors. Now, we also recognize that dynamics and my books cover a significant portion of our ability to organize, but there are gaps in it. And that's where other tools like Excel might be able to fill in. So Lucy, how do you use Excel in your prospecting process? Um, I primarily use Excel. I have all of my accounts uh, tiered in an Excel doc. And I like to tier based on industry as well as uh, LinkedIn usage. Um, and then within that, I usually would maybe like tag team with my SD. I would have her handle more of like the tier three accounts than a more generic touch. I would focus on uh, tier one and we kind of meet in the middle. Uh, but my, my Excel is my source of truth and I no, if someone is in my Excel, I know I've reached out to them at some point. Um, if they've responded to me, I make a note of that. If we've had a conversation, I make a note of that. Um, and I like to also keep adding in whoever was invited onto the call that I didn't, didn't originally prospect into. Um, so I just have every single person I could remotely talk to at this company all within my Excel. Back to you, Chris. Heather, you're on mute. I'm going to pause. Sorry. Um, Lucy, do you update every single activity that occurs in the Excel? Um, I don't include like when I message them, but I include any time they respond to me. 
So if they say they're not interested, we had a conversation, they said to follow up at a certain point, they're on mat leave. Basically like any sort of response from them is logged in the system. So I know when was the last time they engaged with me? Because if they have not responded to me, then it's fair game, I'm just gonna keep going. Okay. All right, so tips one, tip two, leveraging my book and Excel for organization. Now we have three others. Kenzie, you've already alluded to this. You teased to it in your my book. How are you using and leveraging your calendar to support prospecting? Yeah, my calendar is also a source of truth similar to how I use my book. Um, calendar, I'll keep organized in a few different ways. The first will come down to, to color coding and knowing, looking at my calendar from a first glance, you know, what does my day look like and having that system in place. But my calendar is also a source of truth for maintaining follow-ups, for reach back out notes, which I call RBO notes. So if I hear a response from someone that, you know, timing is just off. I will set their um, their account name and their individual name into my calendar for three months out to check back in. So staying very diligent with follow-ups, no matter where they're at in the sales cycle, if it is not in my calendar, it will not get done. It's similar to sense of if I sign up for a workout class, I will go. If I do not, I will not. So the calendar is where I live and breathe for a majority of the day. What about you, Lucy? How do you leverage your calendar? Yeah, um, so I also am a huge color coder. Um, all discos on my calendar are yellow. All demos are green. I have a different color for decision calls and I have a different color for pilots. I also try to have a different color for learning, but that just reminds me how few learning calls I have. So I haven't been doing that really. Um, and I also set follow-ups on my calendar whenever um, I set it as like um, a meeting for myself. I usually will put it around like the 6 or 7 a.m. time slot because I know I'm not having a call at that time. Um, and that's kind of like my to-do list for the day for like people that I need to follow up with, um, whether I'm chasing them to schedule that demo, um, whether I'm chasing them for a contract or, you know, because they told me to follow up with them at this time. And I always will get that done before the end of the day. I think we just demonstrated the exact point of being or the benefit of being organized in your process, which is that as you reflect on what's going on, you come up with an action item, which is, oh, as I think through my process, I don't have enough green, which is associated to learning. Now, yeah. Lucy, I bet you'll make an action item following this to think about how to add more green into your process. This, it's helpful for me because I can look at my week, like just by looking at the colors, I know how many discos I'm going to have. And if my cal calendar is primarily pilot check-ins, that means there's no um, addition to my pipeline that week. So that's when I have to double down on prospecting. So I'm curious, Mackenzie or Lucy, either one, maybe Mackenzie, because you, you seem to have a to-do list in the morning on your calendar. What happens if you don't finish the to-do list? For me, I, I also make a to list. And if like those items are not done, I have to look at my day and like, where did I misprioritize my time? There's a reason that is on my to-do list. So either I allocated too much time doing something that's not important. And why is that? I have to take a look at that. So I will then push it out to the next day. And then if I'm continuously pushing it out, there's a reason behind that. So trying to get back to, to myself and my goals on where where's that gap. But ultimately, again, if that is not in my calendar, I will not get it done. 
Okay. So you you are you're you make an effort to try to finish everything on that. I think you called it an R. What did you say? An R? An RBO, reach back out note. Okay. So if you don't get through everything, that moves to the next day. And if it moves too far, you're really going to say, what, what was I doing wrong in the last two days that I didn't have time to do this? Yep. And ultimately owning your calendar is so important. It's, I think it's really a key to prospecting because if you're not allocating time to prospect, to find who you need to be speaking with, your day is not going to be filled with discos. Everyone wants to have 10, 12 calls a day. That is never going to happen if you're not prospecting. It's also unrealistic to have that many discos because of the amount of follow-ups and um, you know follow-up emails too that you have to do. So blocking your time to do that is, is really important. If I'm moving my prospecting block to take a call, I'm hurting my future self. So it's a two-week return from when you source and find a contact to when you meet with them ideally. Uh, once you stop prospecting, that's hurting two weeks out and again, your future self. So we've leaked into tip four, which is uh, the utilization of colors which then have some type of definition that, that lead into action items. Um, Lucia, I, I, one thing I'm curious, you know, you've talked about some of the detail that you apply, you know, from your experience, what, what holds back your peers? I feel like a lot of people like to lean on the contacts that are in um, dynamics. And they, from what I've seen, people will just put those people into campaigns and not find new contacts. So I like to go through every single one of my accounts. And I did this when I was a one. I do this now when I'm a two. Um, I go through every single one of my accounts and I add in every single person I would want to reach out to. And I put all those people manually into Excel because people are leaving all the time. The companies that we work with, you know, oftentimes have high attrition. Um, so you can't really rely on dynamics con contacts as a source of truth. Like you have to keep looking at their website, their like prospect finder, um, and keep trying to find new people that have not been reached out to by LinkedIn before, or people who may, who, you know, did not unsubscribe from our email campaigns. It's tip five being contact source organization. So Mackenzie, like, what do you do to keep your contact sourcing organized and efficient so that you can execute on it? Yeah, I look at my entire book in, in really two ways. I have my top accounts and then I have other accounts. So for my top accounts, I know those are accounts that I've recognized for various reasons that I must speak with at some point during the fiscal year. And so with those accounts, I put a little bit more time and energy in making sure that those contacts are correct, staying up to date on any news announcements and all that. And then with those accounts, I'll manually reach out to top contacts. Similar in the sense of even for some of my other accounts, I'm still prioritizing quality over quantity, making sure that the information is as accurate as I can find it. Um, in terms of sourcing, I will leverage Prospect Finder, Sales Navigator, and or in Dynamics as well. But making sure that I'm reaching out either through Sendbloom or through just one-off emailing, again, the follow-up is the most important part. So if someone's in a Sendbloom campaign and they're out of office, I'm following up with them when they are back in office. For a manual campaign, I will push their email out to two days later to make sure I'm continuously following up with them. Okay, perfect. So we've covered five organization tips and tools from Lucy McKenzie. My book, Excel, Calendar, Colors, and contact sourcing. We've started to talk a little bit about messaging and emails that this organization leads to. So Heather, 
let's talk about some substance. Now, this abrupt ending is intentional. Part two is going to be coming at you later this week. Keep an eye on the for when that episode is released. You won't want to miss Lucy and Mackenzie share how they think about messaging and what they're sharing with their customers to drive engagement. Looking forward to having you out there. Good luck. Thank you. Sold his farm one day so he could go out. I'm off for California for there's gold in them our hills. Hello, Bill. Where are you going to that pick? Well, I think things not good here, and I'm going to take this old pick and I'm going out to California. Going out there and I'm going to dig some money right out of that soil. So long, Bill. So long, Pete.